want to take a special moment with the children who are here. Hopefully, in a couple of weeks, we can start gathering together, spaced out up front. But for now, I'm just going to talk to you right where you are. And for those who are joining us online, I'm going to look at that camera, too. So welcome. Glad you're with us this morning. I have a family reunion that I go to every year, and it's way out in the country, and it gets really dark at night. And when you want to go down in the night, maybe to take a shower or to wash your face or use the restroom, you have to walk down a hill from our cabin to the shower house. And so I always have to remember to bring a flashlight because there are rocks and roots and it's really dark. And if I want to see where I'm going, I need a light. Before there were flashlights, of course, people used candles. Have you ever been in a really dark room and then you light a candle and suddenly you can see? Well, this morning we heard the story of the very beginning of everything when God first created the world. And in the beginning, there was darkness. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. But one thing that this story reminds me to remember is that the darkness was not bad. That God was in the darkness too. God was there. It says the spirit of God was sweeping over the waters of the deep. And things that happen at night can be good too. We can hear the crickets chirping. When we sleep, our bodies get good rest and we grow and we stay healthy. And when God created light, God separated light from darkness and made the day and the night because we need both. The thing to remember next time you're in the dark, especially maybe if you feel a little bit afraid, is that God is with you in the dark too. Let's pray together. Creator God, it's so wonderful to hear this story about how you began creation, how you were present in the darkness and you brought forth light and began to create new things and created the earth and the animals and the grass and all the things that are, but you were in the darkness too. So help us not to be afraid and to know that you're always with us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I was in a meeting this week with a group of United Methodist pastors. We gathered in a circle under a tent in the parking lot of Calvary United Methodist Church. And we were talking about what it feels like to be emerging from this time of pandemic. Even here this morning, I feel this energy and this joy in the air as we, we gather like we haven't been able to gather in months. And can we just say hallelujah, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah praise God. It feels really good to be together and to see your faces and to gather with those who are online and for all of you who are worshiping online to see the pews filled with people. What a day to celebrate. 
One of my colleagues in this meeting said, you know, it, we do need to celebrate because it feels like we are crawling out of a canyon. One of the images that has come to me is, you know how it feels when you step out of a matinee movie out, out into the parking lot? Not that any of us has been to a matinee movie in a while, but if you can remember what it feels like, you've been in the dark theater, immersed in this story, and then you step out and it's like, oh, wow, it's still daylight. And you have to adjust to the daytime and the new reality. Or it's as if we've, we've run a marathon or three and we can see the finish line and we're just about to get over it. The story of creation that opens our scriptures begins in a canyon, in a dark place, in an abyss. The Hebrew word that's used here is tohu wabohu. It implies this, this kind of chaos and this swirling deep. Many scholars believe that this poem about creation was actually first read by the Israelites when they were in exile. In the 6th century BCE, many of them had been dragged away by the Babylonian army and were living in a strange land, torn away from their temple and from their way of life, torn apart from their families, lost in the chaos of a foreign land and not knowing if it would ever get any better. And so they hear this story and it begins in darkness and chaos, and unknowing, and uncertainty. And we know what that abyss feels like. Together as a society, we've been in a dark place these past 15 months. Not only what the pandemic has brought upon us, but the, the uncertainty of our political life together, the heightened awareness around the very real presence still of hatred and white supremacy in our culture. And then there are the deep darknesses that we have experienced in our own lives and our own families. I've spent time this week with two dear friends who are facing cancer and this chaos that's being wreaked in their bodies and this sense of not knowing where God is or feeling lost in the darkness. So it's a very real human experience that is all too real for us as well as it was for those Israelites centuries ago. But just as this story came to them so many years ago, it comes to us and we open up the scriptures and we see the darkness, the tohu wabohu swirling and we see Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit hovering, sweeping over the darkness. The word there is, is kind of, is really close to brooding. It's the same word that shows up in Deuteronomy to describe a mother eagle who's brooding over her nest. The Spirit of God brooding over the darkness, bringing forth life, bringing forth light, caring and working and always creating. Is that something that we can grab hold of? 
Is that something that you and I can believe? Even in those moments when we cannot see God, when we cannot feel God, when we do not have the strength to pray, to trust the witness of the scriptures and those who have gone before us to say God is there nevertheless. And God is a creating God, always working to bring about life and healing and newness. And then as we read on in this poem, we hear the voice of God speak, saying, Let there be light. I invite you to spend some time in your own prayers, in your own quiet time, mulling over that phrase, let there be light. What does that say to us about the character of our God? That God does not manufacture light. God does not coerce light. God allows light to emerge from the stuff of creation. In his commentary on these verses, Walter Brueggemann talks about how this way that God has of creating sets the tone for the rest of Scripture. That God is continually inviting, setting before the people the way of life, offering God's self in relationship, whether it's creating a garden for Adam and Eve or laying out the Torah, the law for the Israelites, saying this is the way of life I want for you. Or ultimately sending Jesus the Christ in the teachings of the Sermon on the Mount and the invitation to follow me. Here is the way to life. Here is the way to relationship with our creator God. Always giving creation and the creatures the freedom to say yes or no. What does it mean to have a divine love offered to us like that? The only analogy I can make in my own life is <clears throat> as a parent of teenagers. There comes a, a, these, these children into our lives and we have responsibilities as parents to, to feed them and love them and keep them safe and structure their lives and give them boundaries and consequences when they cross the boundaries and show them the way of life and relationship with God. And then there's a lot that's born in them that will emerge that we didn't put there. How do I love my children and allow them to be who they are? How can I step back in love and say, let there be Tate. <laughs> let there be MC. And whoever God has created them to be, that's not easy. I'd much rather coerce them into the people I want them to be, to go to the college I want them to go to, or whatever that might look like. But here we see this divine love saying, let there be. It's a cooperative creator, a partnership, an invitation. So how do we respond to a love like that? 
How do we build a a community of love around a God like that? Where we love one another and let there be one another. How do we let there be light, the light of God's love and care shining through us into a world that needs that kind of love and grace so desperately? That's the question, the invitation that comes to us right at the beginning of the scriptures. Here is our creator God, extending God's hand to all of creation. And now, my friends, my family, how do we respond?